This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host today, David Scott. Luckily enough, joined by my companion on air, good mate, Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, look, it's been another massive day on the macro front today. Plenty to go and digest inflation, interest rates. But the market just uh, keeps on powering higher. It does. We've had this conversation over the course of today, and some of them are in the show notes, and that some of you may have listened to the program. But just the fact that US inflation, Scuddy, it shot the lights out. 8.5% headline, 6.5% core. What did the bond market do? Meh, is that all you got? Yeah, and uh, we've got, uh, what, the seven and a half, 25 basis point hikes that are priced into the US OIS curve by the end of this year. Not, uh, not, not We've still got to over 300 basis points priced in for this cycle. Uh, and the bond market didn't flinch. In fact, the long bond yields fell, which I found really instructive. So it's one of those uh, sell the rumor, buy the fact moments. And I just wonder whether you've got a lot of uh, confluencing factors coming together. Uh, goods inflation looks like it may go and start to moderate in some parts, particularly those uh, lumpy items that really contributed to the big increase that we saw in inflation last year. And then uh, the Fed is just going to be going hiking like a relentless uh, beast trying to go and calm things down. And they're going to sacrifice economic growth. And generally, when you sacrifice economic growth, it leads to weaker demand and uh, often weaker prices. So, yeah, maybe, just maybe, uh, a lot of people have been known people in the uh, the growth areas of the market for a while now, maybe it's time to go and just start to go and tilt back a little bit in your portfolio and even up those balances. Yeah, we've had a few discussions like that now that everything is priced in and then some. I mean, the discussion we had with Matt Sherwood, for example, from Perpetual is it's widely expected that that's the peak, but it doesn't really matter about the peak. It's the deceleration from here. And he was saying he still expects core inflation to be you know 3% by year end into next year. Now, that's still 50% higher than the Fed's own target. So just because inflation may decelerate from here doesn't mean the Fed still doesn't have a lot of work to do over the coming year. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, RBNZ ain't mucking around. Uh, path of least regrets today. Now, not really surprising, but uh, it was like a, a bit of a well, that was divide a, in the market, 50 was, basis point high. Right. It, was, it was markets versus analysts. So the markets, i.e. the traders, they were looking for 50, but analysts weren't so convinced. We spoke to one of them, Chief Economist Jared Kerr from Kiwi Bank. He said the reason why they were looking for 25 is the latest round of business and consumer confidence absolutely tanked so they thought 
the it might be better to bring out the scalpel. But instead, we got the sledgehammer, 50 basis points. That's now four rate hikes from the Kiwis from practically zero to one and a half percent. And get this, uh, everyone I've spoken to so far says it's going to be another 50 basis points uh, in late May. That worked then, out so well. Let's do it again. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it reminds, speaking about a sledgehammer being swung around, it's like the other uh, hammer in the Olympics, the guy spinning oh, around, the girl spinning around <laughs> like a top and then uh, unleashing it. Hopefully it's going to not go and crash through, I know, the housing market or the, uh, the broader uh, well, Kiwi economy. Well, that's the risk. Well, that the, the risk. well, that is the risk because, uh, of course, today another piece of economic data we got uh, to Today was at the Westpac Melbourne Institute a Consumer Sentiment Survey. Now, a small decline, uh, which is probably not uh, not all that surprising given the circumstances, particularly what's going on with you no know, inflationary pressures picking up mm. and the like. But the one thing that was really stood out, and uh, Sean Keller, the other uh, senior currency strategist at Westpac, who I'm good mates with, uh, pointed out that those people who have a mortgage, comments among that cohort plunged by 10% during the month. Mm-hmm. So do you reckon Aussies are getting geared up for some rate hikes? Oh, do you think? It's it's one of those things that need that do need reminding now and again. The Aussie population is split into thirds, Scuddy. So a third aren't in the market, one third own with a mortgage and one third own outright. So literally only a third of the population are worried about interest rates, but boy, are they fretting. Those fingernails are long gone, lots of chatter about the reset, about people who've never seen a rate hike before. All of that is getting the mortgage holders a little bit nervous. And when it comes to family formation and don't know the big drivers of consumption as well, they generally are that cohort as well. Families sure is, families. Like we know. Um, well, yeah, Keep spending. Yeah. Guess, guess I can be putting that to that list as well now. Yep, so you are. Maybe I'm fretting. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. But look, despite all of that, you know, inflation, interest rate hikes, you know, pessimism out there in the consumer front. Uh, Someone forgot to tell the investors. <laughs> the, 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 the equity market was just like, don't care. Yeah, uh, moving on. The, the, uh, the CBO was rather 200, adding a nice little bounce there. It was up about half a percent to the close. We saw the XJO, uh, a late uh, slide when it came to yeah, the, uh, to the final settlement. price auction. Yep. It was up about a third of a percent, but it was up more early in the session. But looking across the market map, uh, you can't make this up. It's just, I could go and play the uh, the podcast from a couple of weeks back. It's uh, <laughs> material sector, the iron ore miners, having a very decent day. Financials yeah. coming to the party as well. Energy. And uh, energy as well, uh, all coming uh, coming good. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to take a lot, you imagine, to go and knock this market down. And uh, had a chat with a few of our guests and talk about, you know, relative speaking, you know, how does the Aussie share market look to other parts of the world? And uh, we still look pretty good and better than most. Yeah, we certainly do look extra defensive. Again, just to bring back that Matt Sherwood interview, he said we're sort of accidentally defensive just given that we are heavily uh, commoditized in, in commodities, which is a natural inflation hedge. Plus we have oil and we have gold. All that pans out really well. But actually, I just put together the market wrap and uh, top of the pops until the last minute pip by Paladin was EML payments. Now, Scuddy, what's going on there? It sounds like an old rumour getting rehashed. What's what's your take? Yeah, so media reports saying that uh, Bank Capital was uh, no, looking at the, uh, the company and everything else. And uh, yeah, it was earlier this year. The you know, email payments came out and said there were preliminary discussions, but they went nowhere. But uh, yeah, this, the, the timing, the, uh, rehashing that uh, that news coming out as well, particularly at a time when the EML short sale register, the free float was about 10% short sold. So uh, probably doesn't, uh, not all that surprising that we saw a squeeze today. 
Uh, whether it actually goes implies that we're like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and people are sniffing around EML. I'm not sure, but the timing is curious to say the least. And uh, I'll be interested to see how EML shares behave tomorrow because uh, that will be the proof in the pudding whether we really think there's mm, going to be some sort of player. Uh, of course, had some regulatory concerns in the uh, the European market in particular that it's been working through. So it was a high flying stock for a long period of time, but maybe a few people iron it off now given that uncertainty on the regulatory front. Uh, look, we went and asked a couple of experts today on the the call with Koshi, uh, what they thought of email payments and what they made of the news as well. So interesting to go and get their take. So we sat down with Claude Walker from A Rich Life and also Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital, the two small cap gurus that uh, we love to go and chat with. Here's their thoughts. I like EML for the fact that I think that it's as a business model, it is um, really well suited to an inflationary environment. It, to me, it's yeah. an unloved company that has been sold down a bit that actually might have better better days ahead in the short term. Mm. Um, but then on the other hand, you've just got this skeleton in the closet of regulatory risk that is what makes me think that the current price is probably a little bit high and I'd, I'd be really looking to buy it at, at a price that had a good margin of safety there. Be it Bain Capital or someone else, you know, does initiate on a, on a non-binding bid and when they dive deep into those books, decide to back away, it usually means there's probably something going on under the hood that you can't see until you get into that data room and really dig into the books and, yeah. and see either what they've acquired or what's going on. So that's a risk for EML holders or people looking at it today is if, if these, this M&A interest does back away. Um, for me, these battleground stocks, I generally just stay away. They're so volatile. You see that in the move today. You could be right or wrong and still lose money on, you know, be it long or short on a stock like this because it's so difficult with all those moving parts. So we have it, uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life and Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital. Good to see Luke in one piece. He's uh, had his mates a Bucks party, uh, I think, a couple, a couple of weekends ago. So He's a to, young lad. Good, good, good to see he survived that. Uh, yeah, we, we love your work, uh, Luke. Uh, keep it up. Uh, look, uh, we had some great guests in the program today. And uh, you spoke to a, a lot of uh, no, great guests in the, the last uh, sure latter parts of the other uh, program. So had a chat about, now we'll get to uh, the stock side of the equation, but the, uh, the rental crisis that's uh, forming this country. Louis Christopher uh, came on the program. Uh, what are the thoughts there? Well, well, we actually had two sides because we had uh, REA's Tim as well talking about the collapse of the builders. Uh, Pro, I think it started with ProBuild and it's sort of tumbling from there. And then that fed into Louis Christopher, who, of course, crunches the numbers there at SQM Research. And the national vacancy rate for ve- for rentals is 1.5%. And that's with the borders closed for the last two years. So we're basically saying that that supply-demand imbalance is just not going to be helped by these builders going under. So expect these rentals to be eye-watering for quite a while yet. Also, had a, you had a chat with uh, Max uh, Capetta from uh, Redpoint. So some stock picks coming our way? He did. He had a lovely laundry list and we, we pretty much went through all the sectors. So if you certainly want around the grounds of stock names for each sector, but it was all about oil security, energy security, some of the familiar names, as you know, with um, you know IGO and the, the normal lithium plays. But then we moved into what banks does he does he like, and he, then we moved into tech. And by and large, uh, Afterpay just sent some warning signals for him, uh, and he basically said at this point in time he's stepping well away from growth. But there's a good 
good half a dozen stock names there to uh, in terms of their preference. And it wasn't just all one way. There was a couple there to avoid. Yep. Like not all banks are the same. So yeah. it's a good good interview. I love the avoids because you mentioned what's going on in some of those buy now, pay later names. Uh, that would have been a pretty good avoid over the past 12 months. I'd uh, say so. <laughs> uh, Sam, you also had a chat with uh, Sam Coleman from Lawrence Private Wealth. I heard him say, I mentioned sexy micro caps at, uh, at one point during the interview <laughs> when I was getting ready to come on for the close. And uh, that caught my eye immediately. So yeah, uh, more stock picks coming your way on that front as well. Also had a good chat with, uh, with Jeremy Hook from TMS Capital in the close as well. He's got a buy, hold and sell that you might be interested in as well. Um, I like uh, like Jeremy's thinking today. I was just like, no, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and it, that really benefits people the, like myself. In these times. Yeah, so he's got uh, something for those who like the fast food, uh, someone who likes I know, a bit of booze and uh, someone, well, you know, the, uh, the final throngs of life, shall we say. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to give any more away <laughs> from that. But uh, yeah, no, take a listen to that interview as well. We're about to go wrap it up. But uh, Annette, we do have uh, some more um, housekeeping to go and take care of before we can go and wrap up for the Easter Blake. We've got, uh, of course, that Labor Force survey here Woo-hoo! domestically tomorrow. Wow. Uh, are we going to be talking about an unemployment rate at the, uh, the lowest level since the mi- mid-1970s? It, it sure could be the case. As you know, the last number was four. Uh, and we do know the labour market is drum tight. Those job vacancies, no matter which one, whether it's Seek or NAB, Skilled, take your pick. There's certainly more demand than supply when it comes to the labour market. So even if we see a three-handle, uh, of course, we are in election mode. So if we see a three-handle today, you can be pretty sure that uh, there will be the airwaves dominated by certain politicians saying that the unemployment rate is at its lowest in several decades. So their economic credentials back on the line there. But we also spoke uh, earlier this week, like the numbers bounce around. We could get a weak number. Yeah. But you know what? The market's going to look straight through a weak number. The flooding, of course, that impacted a lot of uh, people in, uh, in Queensland, South East Queensland, a very populous part of the country, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, northern uh, New South Wales. And I know, I know the weather was absolutely crummy here in Sydney for a long period of time, but thankfully most parts of the city didn't get any flooding. So keep that in mind as well tomorrow. It's not a, a carte blanche that we will go and see uh, no, another decline in the unemployment rate. Uh, very quick before we go, we get the Bank of Canada tonight. Woohoo! Go. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> when they're talking 50. tough, when, so we're going to be talking about a 50, not a 75 tomorrow morning. Well, I don't know. Bank Working for a Canadian bank, I mean, that's pretty punchy for them. Although, my old shop, TD Securities, put out a, a, a preview and some of it was in capital letters about going bold for longer. I mean, that's the punchiest I've seen my uh, Canadian brethren in quite some time. So, I have to say 75 basis points would be unprecedented. But 50, I think, is baked in. But, you know, we'll be talking about it this time tomorrow. Yeah, Tiff Macklem, ready to go and fire up maybe. We'll see what's <laughs> that, what comes out of Ottawa when, uh, when he goes and hits the other uh, rostrum after that decision. Well, until then, lots to go and cover off. Uh, no, one day less to the Easter break. Let's make it a good one. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. 8.30. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.